Good evening and welcome to this month's, well, this every two weeks. God, I wish that I had an idea or some semblance of a clue of how we're actually releasing these things, but, well, it's fine. This one's going to be a little bit different than the last one because it's going to center around a main NPC by the name of Boris. And so I hope that you guys thoroughly enjoy this. I really appreciate everybody that has had all sorts of kind words, especially considering the fact that things have really been starting to ramp up in the main arc campaign and all of the kind wishes for Falk when we thought that he was dead and all of the people that have realized that maybe Tom is kind of a fucking monster. But without further ado, this month's Farport Story. The stone keep at the center of Wenceslas' small kingdom soared high above the thatched roofs far below. Each tower seemed a vigilant protector, watching over the sleepy hamlet. Brightly colored tapestries hung off the walls with beautifully stitched portrayals of a large platinum dragon, wings outstretched. Each soldier atop the ramparts had this same dragon woven into their tabard. Polished, conical helms sat atop leather caps to cushion the sharp edges of the steel helms. Most carried longbows, but one who was moving with purpose down some stairs carried a halberd. Moving quickly, the soldier with the halberd made his way towards the stone keep. Wenceslas was more of a minor lord in the greater political landscape around Waterdeep, but he was a good man and no one took offense to his title of king. Boris Nabokov was on his way to see the king. Along the way, Boris waved at passers-by in the town square, and a small voice yelled in glee, Dad, you have to say bye to me one more time before you go on your adventure that the king is sure to send you on. A young boy with freckles covering his face grinned ear to ear at Boris, the boy's unkempt copper hair creating a bush of curls around his ears. Boris smiled back. We don't know what the king will demand of me, Jonas. But rest easy, your old dad has a bit of something to give any old monsters that might need slaying. Do you promise that you're going to come back? Jonas, I promise you. Ain't nothing going to keep your dear old dad from you. Now, you finish running them errands for your mother. I gots to go. Boris hugged his son close and 
took a few deep breaths before heading back towards the keep. Near the keep was a small circle of wooden fence, inside of which young men sparred with wooden swords. Boris watched as the young men circled and laughed as they clashed the wooden blades with a loud crack. Their stances were terrible, even Boris could tell with his rudimentary sword training. Lancel Hormark, paladin of Bahamut, was watching on, exasperated. When he caught eyes with Boris, the great knight waved Boris over. They need a lot of work, but they show great promise, Lancel remarked as Boris came to rest at his side. Aye, but I think there's a bit less seriousness in your lessons than Ufa's. He'd crack me on the knuckles any time I gripped me sword loose and kicked me feet out when me stance was bad. Gave me a damn halberd because I couldn't get the damn footwork down for a longsword. But there is something to be said for tough love. Ho! Oh, tough love. You're a hell of a warrior, Mr. Nabokov. And you have Uther to thank for that. Just like young Ernest Ballantyne will have me to thank, or I guess abhor. Lancel motioned to a blonde squire about fourteen. He was tall, broad of shoulder, and he was all limbs, but with hard work he would make a formidable opponent. The sword looked clumsy in his hands, but Lancel would fix that. The great knight was a master at arms. Lancel gave a short glance back to Boris, and then to the young men fighting again. You sure you don't want to teach them a good what for? Sir Lancel asked Riley. I appreciate it, Sir Lancel, but I was summoned by his majesty, so I gotta go. The square jaw of the knight nodded curtly. Oh, bollocks, Boris! It won't take but a few minutes for you to put these suckling babes for a nap, Sir Lancel said loudly enough for the boys to both hear it. The only way that I'm going to sleep is if you keep reminiscing like old maids, Ernest quipped meekly. He was trying to endear himself to the men, but was still very nervous it would be taken the wrong way. Boris, however, smiled and let out a small chuckle. With purpose, he strode to the weapon's rack, removing a long quarterstaff. There would not be a counterweight at the tip like he was used to, but the overall principle was the same. The soldier carefully raised each armored leg over the fence as he mentally prepared himself to take it easy on the lads. Alright boys, let's see what Lancel's been learning ya. Boris took up a defensive position, with either end of his quarterstaff poised to strike whichever boy would attack first. The squires stared at each other for a beat before Boris egged them on once again. Well, come on, you tip babies. I haven't got all morning, you know. Ernest did not need to be told twice, and he swung his sword overhead and down hard at Boris's neck, but it never even got close as Boris batted it away. The other boy saw an opening and tried to slice horizontally, but Boris leapt deftly backwards, avoiding the blow. This went on for a few minutes until Boris grew weary of the careful pokes and prods, so he went on the offensive. The staff whirled around his body while Boris used his lead foot to pivot, and add momentum to the wide swing, and as the staff came screaming towards Ernest, he threw up his sword clumsily deflecting it. But a quick pivot back the other direction sent the staff back from the opposite direction faster than Ernest could react, and it slammed hard into his ribs and sent the breath from his body. The other boy tried to stab out and create some distance, but Boris just moved his feet from perpendicular to parallel to the boy. A few short strokes with the staff sent the boy reeling as well, 
and Boris let out a loud breath as he relaxed again. Now that is how it is done, boys, Lancel applauded. Thank you for showing these boys that they are not ready to face a true master. Yet. I really must be... I know, Boris. Fare thee well. And I pray his lordship is in good humor for you. Lancel bowed deeply to the old soldier, and Boris returned the sign of respect. But he had already tarried long enough, and the king would be waiting. So he hurried the rest of the way towards the gate. A loud sigh left Nabokov's lips as he arrived at the closed gate. Open the damn gate! Boris yelled as it began to crank up slowly. No need to get up tight, Boris! Came a voice in response. Security seemed rather tight for some reason. It was not often that the gate to the keep was down during the day. Normally common folk would be milling about and hoping to either catch sight or petition the king. I've got to take a leak! I've been stopped by every god's damn distraction and dalliance that I could imagine. So open the gate for a piss in your boots, Jareth, Boris yelled playfully. He really did have to go, and all this waiting was making it worse. You fucking sot, Boris! It ain't but fifteen bell and you're fucking sodded! Surprised you ain't got gills so much time you spend swimming in the suds you do? Your mother loves me when I got a bit of whiskey in me. Boris tried to retort sheepishly, but he knew Jareth was better with his words and would undoubtedly win this duel. My mother, my mother's a cow and me father bail himself, you cow fucking drunkard! And the gate clicked into place. Boris hurried through and quickly turned down a corridor to locate a chamber pot. A small vase was nearby, and Boris was frantically trying to get his chainmail off while holding this ceramic in his offhand. As he started to relieve himself in the receptacle, a small glowing portal opened up in the corner of the room. Boris turned his head sideways and dropped the vase to the ground. Slowly, he strapped his armor back in place and approached the blue swirling vortex. A tornado of mist began to spiral out of the hole in the fabric of time. Boris began to become afraid, but his muscles would not free themselves from the pull of this void. Each second lasted eons as Boris thought of his family. The mist formed into mystical tendrils that wrapped themselves around Boris, pulling him closer. He cursed himself for being angry about stopping to see his friends for what he could only think would be the last time. Tears welled up in his eyes as his being began to be stretched and pulled by the pressure of this tear in space-time. Pain was all Boris knew as he began to move towards a new light, seemingly atom by atom, a sensation unlike anything he had experienced, until he found himself surrounded in a cave. Thank you.